Hey there, it's Michelle Pilpich. I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this podcast, Simply Intuitive. On the show, we are talking about all things intuitive eating, active living, and breaking down what's true versus what's a myth in the wellness world so that you can focus on simple and sustainable ways to actually improve your health. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the health information floating around and you just want to know what to do to feel your best, you're in the right place. Not only are specific tips coming your way, but you can also count on conversations that will challenge your perspective on what health really means. So I hope you'll stick around for many episodes to come, but for now, let's get into today's show. Hey there, it's Michelle. I am hopping on and recording a random episode today that is just me chatting about getting ready for the holidays. Not the Christmas holidays, not the winter holidays that we typically think about as the holidays, but springtime holidays. Um, I will be, oh, and of course my dog is feeling rowdy and wanting to squeak his toy right now. Let's, Let's pause that. Okay, there might be a little bit of squeaking, and hopefully um, you know Cody, and it will be endearing and not annoying. And if you don't know how freaking cute Cody is, just go look at my Instagram, and then you'll be less annoyed if you hear any squeaks. Um, So I will be heading home to Jersey this weekend to celebrate Easter with my family. I know people are headed to see family for Passover, which is coming up. This will be posted on Thursday, April 6th. Um, 2023. So if you're listening in real time, it's going to be right before those holidays. And I have been speaking with a lot of my clients in session about preparing to be around their family because so many people who struggle with whether it's disordered eating and eating disorder, their relationship with food, negative body image, chronic dieting, any of those things, they tend to run deep in families. And What one person struggles with typically is very similar to the struggles or mindset of their mom, their dad, their sister, their aunt, their extended family somewhere. And it can be really hard when you are working on your own journey with food and intuitive eating and you're really trying to change your mindset about all of these food rules that you've had for so long. And then you go and spend time with family who just reinforces those beliefs that you have been working so hard on letting go of. There are a couple of topics that are coming up often and I'm going to just kind of run through them and give you some tips, give you some information that will hopefully be inspiring, insightful, something that you can come back to and remind yourself of throughout the weekend um, or the week or whenever you're around family. Honestly, this can apply any time of year when you're around triggering people. So, The first thing I want to talk about is the choice on whether or not to provide education to your family. So if you're sitting down to a meal and somebody makes a comment about, oh, this is this food is so bad or, oh, we're being good today. We're having veggies, whatever. They use some sort of language that is triggering or problematic And let's say you're really working on your intuitive eating journey and you know, and if you're a client of mine, you especially know, one of the number one most important things to do is to not label foods as good or bad. Take away the labels, take away the morality. So 
immediately that can be triggering. Like, ugh, they called this food bad. I hate that. And we have options here. We could provide some education of, hey, actually, I've been really realizing and learning that labeling food as good or bad just makes the whole experience of eating and choosing foods a lot more stressful and a lot more negative, honestly. And I'm finding it helpful to be more objective when I am describing food rather than use these emotionally charged labels. Or you could get into more detail of like, hey, I have been working with a dietitian because I'm really wanting to improve my relationship with food and not using that good and bad language is something that I'm finding to be so important because it allows me to really have permission for all food because I don't feel like I'm then judging myself as a morally better or worse person based on what I eat. And you can go into depth. You can provide that education. You can share what you've been learning. You can share why these things are important if you know that this person is generally going to be receptive. You know, maybe it's someone who has a similar struggle to yours and you know that they're also fed up with it. And you know, okay, I think they do really want to change and they just haven't felt ready yet or they are nervous or they haven't found the right support person. And you can plant that seed and be that person to kind of open up the door to intuitive eating for them. So depending on the relationship, you could do that. If it's not someone who's going to be receptive, then it's probably better to just let it slide and not, well, I'm not going to say not be triggered. Like if you're triggered, you're triggered and that's totally valid always, but not engage, not take it any further by really demonstrating that you're not going to engage with that type of discussion. So if somebody says, oh, you're being so bad, you can literally ignore it. Change the subject. Oh, Aunt Susie, how was your vacation to wherever you went? Um, Change the subject abruptly. Don't engage. Don't respond. Pretend you don't hear them. Really, really, really be obvious in demonstrating this is not a conversation that I have. I am not a person who will bond with you over that stuff because a lot of times people make those comments. They call foods bad. They call themselves bad because they're trying to connect. People connect over common criticism or um, insecurities, and they're saying those things in the hopes of you saying, oh my gosh, I know me too. I'm also so bad, and they just don't want to feel alone in that judgment of themselves. And so if you make it clear, actually, no, I don't judge myself for this, then they're not going to want to connect with you about that anymore because there is no connection, and it's not going to feel good for them. And they will find somebody else who will talk about it and whatever, that's fine as long as it's not you. So either provide the education or simply choose not to. Um, Another thing you can do is just remove yourself. You know, depending on how the social situation is set up, maybe people are eating in different rooms and you can just up and leave and take your plate to the next room and eat with the people who are talking about... I don't know, The Bachelor, instead of food or whatever the heck they're talking about. Um, Maybe you go sit with the kids for a while who are talking about their favorite TV show and cartoons and like they don't even think about body image. Maybe you go talk to the grandparents who are just reminiscing on old times, whatever. 
um, you can do that. Change crowds. Just don't spend time with the people who you know are going to talk about these things. And you might be saying, okay, Michelle, but that's everybody. Literally my entire family talks about it. And that is really, really tough. I want to just give you compassion for that. It's tough. And so maybe it's removing yourself temporarily just to take a breather and to have space. And that could be going to the bathroom and, you know, deep breathing for a minute. Maybe it's stepping outside, taking the dog out for a break, taking the dog for a walk around the block, taking yourself for a walk around the block, just removing yourself to be alone. And if you're going to do this, I would recommend beforehand writing down, if you're working with a dietitian, writing down all the things that you and your dietitian are working on or therapist, whoever you're working on your body image and relationship with food with. But write down, okay, here are all the things that I am learning with my dietitian. Here are all the goals that I have. Here are the things that I'm working on with them this week. Have those reminders written out on the notes app on your phone or somewhere you can easily access it while you're in, um, you know, a holiday dinner situation so that even if you're feeling super triggered in the moment, you don't have to come up with these reminders on the spot you have them already the work is already done and all you have to do is read it and be reminded of like okay yes I know so if I was your dietitian you could be like all right yes this is what Michelle has told me I know I agree with her I know that we're on the same page this is what she and I are working on and just read those reminders of like okay calories in calories out is bs um, I'm working on permission for all foods that's what's going to help me stop the binging I don't need to restrict I don't need to call these foods bad they're not bad for me that is not even an objective term it's just a food that has sugar and i'm labeling that but it doesn't mean that it's true whatever it is write those things down come up with those reminders as well as a picture of what you want and that can be like you know written out picture a description (laughs) descriptive picture um but writing down almost like a visualization of here's how i want my life to look Here's how I want my relationship with food to look. Here's how I want my holiday experiences to look. And then reading through that so that you can see, oh my gosh, I am getting tripped up on one comment that my cousin made, but my goal for my holidays is to really connect with the older members of my family and hear about their life history. That's something really important to me. And that's what you know, full food freedom is going to allow me to have because I won't be stressed about food and I'll be able to be totally present in conversations. And so reading that reminder can help you regroup, go back and pursue your your goal of like, okay, so who is someone who I want to connect with and hear about their story? I'm going to go talk to that person instead of staying really hung up on this one diety comment that somebody made. So take time to do that before an event. I'm a big fan of journaling. Write it down. Write it down in a journal, but also have it digital or somewhere that you can access it when you are out and about at a family event. And something else to think about um, related to kind of that goal for what you want your ultimate end goal relationship with food to look like is to think about the people around you and their relationships with food and then compare that to your goal because so often we are taking to heart the 
problematic comments that someone makes when they're not even somebody who we aspire to be. And I'm not saying like they could be a perfectly fine person, but just in this food and body um, kind of situation. You know, if you are feeling triggered and upset because Aunt Sally said, oh my gosh, you're being bad today because you choose to eat the carrot cake after Easter dinner, but you know that Aunt Sally is turning around and logging her dinner roll into my fitness pal and scraping all the icing off of her cake, and there is no way that she is like cool with food in her body, then why are we listening to her criticisms? We don't want what she has. We don't want her relationship with food and her body. We can clearly see she has food issues. She has negative body image. She's talking about losing weight. She's talking about how she got had to get a bigger size in her pants. She's so upset about this stuff. It's the only thing she talks about. So why do I care that she's saying I'm eating a bad food? I don't want to be like anyone who's labeling any food as bad. So this is not a role model for me in this regard. Again, like this could be a perfectly lovely person. Um, But think about that. Ask yourself, do I want what this person has? And if I don't, then that's it. Then the comment is irrelevant because you are on your own path. You are on your own journey and you're not going to be taking any of their opinions into account because you know it's completely counter to everything you're working towards. So just, you know, drawing that parallel, realizing, okay, here's the lifestyle they have. Here's the lifestyle I want. There is literally zero overlap. So I just need to disregard it and move on. Apples and oranges, I'm going to go live my life. Like, let that be your takeaway. And let yourself realize, in this regard, I am just on such a completely different path. I'm on a different plane. I'm on a different planet. And so I cannot even absorb any of the comments they're making. They don't do anything for me. Just keep asking yourself, do I want what they have? The answer is no. Done. Move on. So hopefully that is helpful. And then... One last thing that I want to share is a little tidbit of information that I shared with a client recently related to, you know, being in conversation with people who can only talk about food and diets and their body. This can be such a frustrating situation. I mean, it is a frustrating situation. Not it can be. I think it always is. Um, And... It makes sense that some people can only talk about those things. It makes sense physically, biologically. And if you are familiar with the Minnesota starvation experiment, you may have heard this. If you're not, I'm going to tell you. Um, So I, I like to tell clients, you know, when you are feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm just so obsessed about food and body image. I don't understand how this could ever change. If you're feeling that way and you're under eating or intentionally restricting your food, it makes sense because our brains need 
calories to function. They need energy and they need enough energy to be functioning optimally. So if you're not eating enough, whether it's intentional or not, you're not going to be thinking clearly enough to really challenge negative food and body thoughts. So when you're in that moment of like, I just can't imagine how this could ever be different. Of course you can't because you're physically in a state of being undernourished and your brain cannot imagine all of that when it's physically undernourished. It just doesn't have the energy to be functioning at a level that allows it to really see what is different and what is possible. So this happens with people who are dieting all the time. And this Minnesota starvation experiment, I'm going to do a quick um, Google search of it because I need to brush up on the details. But this was an experiment done to see how starvation would affect people. And it's interesting because starvation was defined as caloric restriction. So there were a certain number, I don't even remember how many, a group of young men who were put on this starvation diet for a period of time and they were studied to see what happened to them. 36 men and the starvation phase, I'm just trying to see what the amount of food was that they were eating because I know it is fairly, um, I don't want to say large, but it's a caloric amount that is very common to people on diets. It's not, okay, semi-starvation period. All right, here we are. Um, It's not like ridiculously low. I mean, it is, but it's a number that is very common among dieters. So 36 men were put on this semi-starvation diet, which was about 1,560 calories per day. And that was considered semi-starvation. 1,500 calories, yet there are so many diets that recommend 1,200 calories. So at a level of intake that was 1,500 calories, which is an amount that many dieters take in, if not less, or if not more, that could be more than what some people on diets are taking in, And they found that these men on that diet at that level of caloric restriction became obsessive about food. Their brains had that effect of only being able to think about and talk about food. So your Aunt Sally who's on a diet and can only talk about food, well, hello, that makes sense. It's that obsession because it comes from like our survival mode of feeling like we need to just think and talk about food so that we can get food because we're not eating enough. So, you know, if that happens at this level of restriction, which is something that's so common, then that can really explain why so many people in your life, friends, family, seem to only talk about their diets. They're just not physically functioning at a level that allows them to talk about other things. And so when you realize that, you know, hopefully it becomes a little bit easier to reframe with a bit of a more compassionate lens and see, you know, hear that conversation about diets and just think to yourself, wow, how sad that that's the only thing their brain is letting them think about and talk about right now. Like, that's a real bummer. I hope that changes for them. As opposed to oh my gosh, I'm the only one in this family who's not dieting. Maybe I should diet again. Maybe I should try and lose weight. That's the thing to do. Is intuitive eating crazy? I'm second guessing everything now. So think about that. Think about that reframe. Try it out. 
and see if it helps when you are around your family. Um, so that really touches on a lot of the questions and comments and discussions that I had with clients. I did post a question box on Instagram and I think we kind of covered what came in there as well. Yeah. So at least generally, I think I went over enough topics that we covered those as well. If I didn't talk about something that you would like me to talk about, um, you can DM me on Instagram or you can check out my TikTok and leave a comment on there. I do have a recent video about this idea of like, do you want what they have? Um, Leave a comment there. And I love being able to reply with a video on TikTok. I just like to talk, I guess. <laughs> so I do love that TikTok feature. Um, but you could also DM me on Instagram or reach out however you'd like. If you like the sound of all this and you're looking for a dietitian and looking for support in shifting your relationship with food. And if these holidays are another reminder of like, OK, my family's doing this and like I just can't anymore, then reach out. I do see clients one-on-one. You can go on my website, michellepillipitch.com, and book a discovery call on there. It's linked on my services page. Um, I will also have it linked in the show notes. So reach out to me if you'd like to potentially work together. My social media will be linked in the show notes as well, and you can get more content there. And repeat this episode if you need more reminders of how to handle family time. I hope it is helpful and I hope you will come back for future episodes. Thanks. And there you have it. That is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. If you did, I would love to hear what's resonating for you. Send me a DM on Instagram or share the episode to your stories and tag me so that I can see that you're listening and hopefully loving it. You can also share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy it and spread some intuitive eating love to everyone around you. As always, five-star ratings and reviews are so appreciated, so you can drop me one of those. Be sure to also check out the show notes for all the links that I mentioned and more information on myself and my nutrition private practice. Other than all that, I hope you have a great day and a great week, and I will catch you in the next episode.